Welcome to the Corporate Minister Podcast, a safe space dedicated to the hearts and minds of African-American men. Today's work environment presents some unique challenges for Black men, and they can sometimes feel overstressed, overburdened, and at the same time undervalued and underappreciated. The Corporate Minister Podcast is about speaking a word of support, encouragement, and healing to the men in these spaces, as well as to those who love and support them. We also seek to provide a means for others to understand these men, their hopes, dreams, and challenges, in order to bridge the gaps and create a dialogue. Our guiding principles in these discussions are the Word of God and the love of Jesus Christ. Our bedrock scripture, and the one that underpins all of our work here, can be found in Matthew 11, 28 and 29, where it is written, Come unto me, all ye that labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you, and learn of me, for I am meek and lowly in heart, and ye shall find rest unto your souls. With that, we welcome you to the Corporate Minister Podcast, presented by your host, the Reverend Dwayne Dixon. Welcome to the Corporate Minister Podcast. My name is Dwayne Dixon, and I serve on the ministerial staff at Progressive Baptist Church in St. Paul, Minnesota. I'm also a technology executive, and I've been in corporate America for more than 25 years. My calling is to minister to the needs of men who are sometimes forgotten, educated men of color. The world sees job titles, the degrees, the outer trappings of success, and often draws the conclusion that these men don't need ministry. My experience has taught me that nothing could be further from the truth. My objective here is to bring a word from the Lord that will serve as a beacon of hope, solace, and encouragement. Every few weeks, we attract, address one particular topic, stress, fear, pressure, male bonding, failure, and success, and we see what the word of God has to say about it. From there, we bring in a guest speaker and explore the topic in a bit more detail, and with a little bit of luck, you'll hear something that blesses you. About that, I want to hear from you please drop us a line at thecorporateminister at gmail.com. Again, that's thecorporateminister at gmail.com. Send us your thoughts, your feedback, and your ideas. I want to make this a space that's comfortable and relevant. And on that note, let's get started. Today's text comes, it, 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 it gives us the topic, owning and sharing the wisdom of your years. That's a topic that's especially timely in this season, and our scripture comes from Titus 2 and 2. I'll be reading from the English Standard Version. Older men are to be sober-minded, dignified, self-controlled, sound in faith, in love, and steadfastness. That's a really interesting scripture, and let me give you some background on it. The book of Titus was written by Paul, who's one of the most prolific authors in the Bible. You've probably heard Paul's story. His name was originally Saul, and he was a relentless persecutor of Christians. Born on the road to Damascus, he was blinded and was subsequently converted to Christianity. After that experience, his name became Paul, and he ultimately became one of the most prolific missionaries of Christianity. He made multiple missionary journeys, spreading the gospel of Jesus Christ and setting up churches as he went. These places included Rome, Corinth, Galatia, Ephesus, Philippi, 
Colossae, and Thessalonica. As he would move on, he would write letters to those churches in the various places, and those letters became what we've come to know as the epistles or letters of Paul. Romans, Galatians, Ephesians, Philippians, Colossians, Thessalonians, and Corinthians. Sometimes he would write letters to specific men, ministers who were setting up churches in those places. Those letters are key because they give instructions on organizing and overseeing these churches. One of the most important facets of these letters is they lay out behavioral expectations for ministers. These expectations are studied and followed to this day. And these letters comprise the books of Timothy and the source of today's text, Titus. Titus was a Greek Christian, and he spent time traveling with Paul on his missionary journeys, and he spent a great deal of time learning from Paul. Eventually, he was placed in charge of the churches on Crete, which is in Greece. In our text, Paul is giving Titus instructions on the type of behaviors to teach and encourage within the members of the church. Now, let's revisit the text. Older men are to be sober-minded, dignified, self-controlled, sound in faith and love, and in steadfastness. Now, Titus is understood to be a younger man, certainly younger than Paul, yet he's being advised on how to teach older men. Now, that's a fun irony inside of that for me. You have an older man, Paul, instructing a younger man, Titus, on what to teach to older men, church members, on how to be examples and, by extension, mentors. Now, this whole idea of elders being important to the church actually surfaces in an earlier part of this book. If we look back to Titus 1 and 5, we see where Paul writes, this is why I left you in Crete, so that you might put what remained in order and appoint elders in every town as I directed you. So this concept of elders, mentors with wisdom, is a central theme here and one that we are wise to consider as we move around our professional spaces. I personally have in mind a gentleman who was my district manager at Xerox years ago named Dave Garnett, a big man with a huge personality. He took me under his wing and showed me the ropes. I actually remember that he and his wife invited my wife and I to his home for dinner. Now, this is the first time I'd ever been to the home of the big boss, or any boss for that matter, but he was mentoring me. And over the years, he's remained a friend, a mentor, and confidant. He instilled the principles of mentored, mentoring into me, and he demanded that I pass along that knowledge to others. Dave is a good old friend, and I may have him on the show one day. But today, I want to introduce a good new friend. I came across today's guest via a LinkedIn post. It was a repost of an article in his local newspaper, and it was entitled, I've arrived at 65 and nothing is as I expected. Now, the article was amazing, but really, what really, really stopped me was this quote, 65 is my rite of passage to elderhood, a place of willful obligation to family and community. The benefits I have been blessed to receive come with an immense obligation to the others around me. Anything less would be the epitome of disrespect to those who walk this journey before me. 
I was floored by that. And I immediately thought, I've got to get to know this brother. I reached out to him via email. And it turns out we know some people in common. I told him about the corporate minister, and he was delighted to join me for today's program. Our guest today is a pastor, public servant, scholar, husband, and father. Reverend Raymond A. Jetson is the founder and leader of a Baton Rouge, Louisiana-based nonprofit organization named Metromorphosis. Their mission is to transform urban communities from within. Now, let me tell you more about it. For 23 years, he served as the pastor of the Star Hill Baptist Church in Baton Rouge. He spent 15 years as the state representative for District 61 in the Louisiana House of Representatives. He served as deputy secretary for Louisiana Department of Health and Human Services. He holds bachelor and master's degrees from the New Orleans Theological Seminary. He also is a fellow in the Advanced Leadership Institute at Harvard University. Last but not least, Reverend Jetson is a distinguished member of Kappa Alpha Psi fraternity. It is my pleasure to introduce to you the Reverend Raymond A. Jetson. How you doing, Reverend? I am very well, brother, and I'm, I'm even better after uh, listening to you uh, provide that powerful introduction uh, to, to Titus and the, and the text. Uh, thank you very much for the invitation, and, uh, and thank you for the opportunity to just sit and listen to, uh, to, to the word being unpacked. I sure appreciate that, and it's my pleasure to have you. Now, you keep really busy. I mean, mentoring, Harvard Advanced Leadership Institute, Encore, Forward Promise. Can you tell our audience more about what you're up to these days? Well, th thank you very much. First and, and, and foremost, I am trying to do my best uh, to be Tammy's husband and uh, Jerrica Nicole and Jeremy Lewis's uh, father. Uh, that's that's my first uh, responsibility. And sometimes I have to remind myself, uh, in the words of a dear friend of mine, uh, the, the, the main thing is to keep the main thing the main thing. All right. Uh, and so I have to, to continually remind myself of that. Uh, but after that, uh, I am focused on metromorphosis, mm -hmm. which you spoke of, which is a, uh, a social enterprise that uh, I started uh, after uh, two years in the Advanced Leadership Initiative at Harvard. Uh, we are approaching 10 years uh, since incorporation, and we are focused on this notion of a, a, a different model of community change, particularly as it relates to inner city neighborhoods. Uh, and it's built on the premise that true sustainable change starts from within. It's mm. about the people who live there. It's about the institutions and the assets that are present there. Uh, and it's deeply rooted in my fundamental belief uh, that the systems and structures that have been in place to impact these communities have been wholly insufficient uh, to bring about sustainable change and difference making. And so that's that's my primary focus. Uh, I'm also uh, trying to understand this 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 elderhood thing and what that means uh, really, uh, I'm also uh, waking up every day uh, asking myself a question that I tweet um, probably four days a week, uh, and, and it is what what will you do today that will matter twenty years from now? Praise uh, God. 
And so whatever rises uh, up in response to that question uh, becomes my focus. And the last thing that I'll say is that as it relates to, to, to being busy, uh, one of my old mentors who's, who's gone to be with the Lord when I started pastoring said, if you really need something done, find somebody who is busy. That's right. To do it. That's absolutely right. I've heard that one myself. Yeah. And now, so I, I, I try to make certain that I make good use of the time that I have been given. There you go. There's that stewardship piece. Steward, time is something that we are stewards of, without a doubt. Yes. Now, you are no stranger to Titus 2 and 2. Um, how does that matter to you? How has that shown up in your life? Well, I, first of all, I, I, what jumps out to me in that text are, are a couple of things. First of all, this, this whole notion of intergenerational relationship. Uh, is is the language du jour, which you talked about, uh, this relationship between not only uh, Paul and Titus, but Titus and the older men. Mm -hmm. Uh, And I think that there are a couple of things that are important there. Uh, One is the mentoring relationships that you mentioned. But secondly, that mentoring is not a a unidimensional uh, practice is not something where the wise sage sits on the hill and speaks down to the to to, to the young newbie, uh, but it is this this reciprocal uh, relationship where benefit, learning, growth can go in both directions. Uh, secondly, that there is to be this teaching. That is to happen. This is considered a part of sound doctrine. Uh, and, and, and so helping older men to understand that character and the dignity with which they are to care themselves. Uh, and this modeling uh, that they are to be is a fundamental tenant of the church. Uh, And in my opinion, uh, one that we don't always do a great job at. Uh, And so for me, I think understanding that this is fundamental to part of the teaching and the human development uh, that is to happen in in ministries uh, is really important. And all of us uh, who who are uh, acceptable or accepting of being called older men (laughs) ought to understand uh, uh, what this requires of us. Indeed. Now I want to, to, to expand on that a little bit and, and talk to our audience. What's the key takeaway, the key message for brothers who are kind of transitioning into what I call the fourth quarter of their careers. What do you think they're meant to take away from this? You read, uh, probably the most important uh, three sentences uh, in the piece that I wrote around reaching 65. Uh, and it is, as we enter this, this fourth quarter, uh, however we understand that entryway, uh, that it is a rite of passage. And I mean that in the most formal sense, understanding that this is a place of transition, that my role is now a different one. And what is required of me is this willful obligation to my family and and to my community broadly as I understand it. I am obligated to be 
sober-minded, dignified, self-control, uh, sound in, in, in my faith, love, and, and my, my steadfastness, my consistency. There is to be this character uh, that's genuine and authentic. Uh, that is my obligation. Uh, and, and, and secondly, that I have been blessed beyond measure, but that blessing comes with a responsibility. That, that that my, my relationship with my faith is not one that simply blesses me and provides for me, my and mine, but my faith actually expects me to live, to be, to act, to do, to speak, to carry myself in a certain way. Uh, and then the, 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 the final uh, sentence there that, that you read, in my opinion, anything less would be an unbelievable sign of disrespect to my elders, to the people who live this thing out. You know, Paul, Paul, Paul describes them uh, later as this cloud of witnesses. That's right. Uh, I, I, I would be disrespectful to the ancestors uh, if I did anything less because I had some powerful older men who not only walked before me, but allowed me to walk beside them uh, and were not afraid to allow me to see them up close and personal. And I believe that that's the responsibility that we have as we move into this, this, this fourth quarter. Indeed. And I see if we were in church, I would say, you know, Reverend, I think you said something right there. (laughs) (laughs) Um, You know, it's been a really interesting year. Um, an interesting 12-month period, um, for lack of a better phrase. These are unsettling times. How does this message, how does today's text speak to such a time as this? Unsettled times demand settled people. Uh, What the world around us needs in my opinion, as much as anything else, is a group of people who are able to stand firm in the midst of disequilibrium. Uh, People who are so grounded in who they are and whose they are that they are able to withstand the the challenges and the disruption and the dysfunction around them. Not that we are in any way uh, immune to it. Uh, I I have you talk about these 12 months. In the last 12 months, I have lost 21 people Mm. that were either friends, people I formerly pastored, uh, uh, classmates, uh, dear colleagues, Uh, I've lost 21 people Mm -hmm. that I really knew uh, Mm -hmm. over this last year. And so we're not immune to it. And that includes family members. So so we're not immune to the realities of life. I have people that I know who've lost their job or or, or dealing with all kinds of uh, challenges. And so we're not immune to it. But we are, I believe, expected to be a beacon of this steadfastness that that Paul talks about, uh, this resilience and this determined character uh, and spirit uh, that identifies ways to make a difference in, in, in the world around us. And I think that the world 
will be more than ever drawn to that. Indeed. Indeed. Now, it's been said that beside, emphasis on beside, every great man is a great woman. What would you say about this topic to the women who are standing beside the men of color in these spaces? I, I think the beside is 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 the emphasis. Uh, I, I think that 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 unfortunately, uh, what uh, uh, Brother Malcolm said some years ago uh, about the black woman uh, being the most disrespected and and, and undervalued uh, person in 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 the world uh, has unfortunately been true and so many instances, but I don't think that, that, that we can allow that to be the prevailing narrative or uh, a source of comeuppance uh, on the part uh, of, of, of our dear sisters mm-hmm. or a source of resentment uh, on the part of our brothers. I, I think that uh, it's important for brothers and sisters to realize that we are better off together, that we are better off beside one another, uh, and that we each have roles, we each have lanes, we each have uh, contributions that we can make. Now, having said that, uh, I talked earlier about the, the powerful men who have lived uh, as an example uh, before me. Uh, I, I will share with you uh, that like so many other people I know, the matriarchs in my family were not to be played with. Okay. <laughs> I, I talk about my great-grandmother and my great-grandfather. I, as a matter of fact, I have a picture of them uh, here in my study. I grew up next door to them. And my great-grandfather was a powerful uh, was was a hardworking, honorable uh, man, uh, but Grandma was the the joint. That 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 <laughs> that was the voice of of wisdom uh, and direction. And I mean, she lived to be ninety eight. Uh, went to bed one night and woke up in heaven. Mm-hmm. Uh, and the mothers and so that was like July, the May uh, Mother's Day. Uh, before she died, she got to see her children who were alive. And she had 12 children. I think at that point, she may have had seven who were still alive. But she saw her children, her grandchildren, uh, like 28 of her 32 great-grandchildren and 16 of 18 great-great-grandchildren uh, were at her house and in her yard for Mother's Day. And she got to sit on her porch and look uh, at all of that. Uh, and so I believe that 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 black women uh, play uh, a powerful role in helping to shape uh, who we are as men. Uh, they are without doubt the most influential beings in our lives. Uh, and so I think the partnership between brothers and sisters is absolutely critical to maximizing uh, who we are. Uh, and more than anything else, more than anybody else, my wife knows for real if I am sober-minded, dignified, self-control, sound in faith, love, and steadfastness. I can fool you. <laughs> and I can fool some other folks out there, including folks who were sitting in uh, pews when I was standing in pulpit. But she knows the truth. And she can help me 
uh, I'll, I'll leave this topic with this, uh, brother. Uh, my my great grandmother made the statement once when I was a little child and I did not understand it. And, and she said, baby, a, a new broom may sweep better, but an old broom been shaped to sweep in the corners and it knows where the dirt is. <laughs> uh, and, 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 <laughs> yeah. and, and, and so my wife, after 30 something, year, 34 years of marriage, uh, she, she knows where the dirt is and, yes, and, and she knows how to get in the corners. And so I think that's the value uh, that they bring. Now, see, that that sounds like wisdom that I might have got from my big mama. Um, <laughs> and make no mistake, big mama was raised in Lafayette, Louisiana, okay? okay <laughs> so I know a, bit, a little bit about that. Um, are there any resources, um, you know, that you would like to share with the audience? Books, websites, information? Is there anything you'd like to share with the audience? Well, just first from a... From, from, from a uh, Shameless plug and self-serving uh, uh, vantage point that I want to acknowledge beforehand, but hopefully of value also. I'd like to invite folks to to, to go to my my website at, at RaymondAJetson.com. Uh, I launched it on my 65th birthday, uh, and it is the platform that I will use uh, to explore in a very public way uh, this notion of elderhood. And so I would invite brothers uh, and sisters uh, who, who are interested in, 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 in going on this journey with me uh, to please go to RaymondAJetson.com, uh, drop their name in the contact list, uh, and, and, and go back periodically, uh, and we will certainly uh, keep, keep in contact with them. I think that that is a resource. The thing that I invite people to do uh, is to understand who you are and how the, the creator intends to use who you are. Because ultimately, what you are called to do is deeply embedded in how you've been designed. Mm. And once we understand that, then we can have things uh, uh, like the corporate minister, mm. uh, because we understand that that this stuff that has happened in my life was really not by coincidence. That's right. But I've been positioned to do some stuff. So I invite folks to to. Take a good look at who you are, where you are, who, what what brings uh, fulfillment to you, and then begin to delve as deeply as you can in reading and going to websites uh, about that. Lastly, uh, that there 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 are two books, and they are profoundly different that that have impacted me. One recently, and the other years ago. The most recent one is "How to Live Forever" uh, by Mark uh, Fel, uh, uh, boy, boy, Mark Feldman with uh, Encore, um, and, and it is a book on intergenerational relationships mm. and and the importance of those uh, and that. By pouring into the lives of others, we live forever. That's right. Uh, and, and, and so that that how to live forever has been really impactful for me. And 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 brother, it was probably twenty five years ago. Uh, somebody gave me a book, uh, and, and I put it on the table because the the topic, the subject, just I, I couldn't get to. And it was how to think like Leonardo da Vinci. Ah. Uh, 
And I finally picked it up one day and started reading it. And it was one of those few instances in my life where I literally could not put it down until I finished. Uh, and I've read it probably four times since then. Uh, but just a, a snapshot. Uh, da Vinci was a painter who taught himself to be a sculptor. Da Vinci uh, taught himself to be ambidextrous. Mm. Uh, you, you know, and, and, and so the, the, the learning to think creatively and challenging what are the norms and, and other aspects of your life are, are just real. They identify seven characteristics of Da Vinci. Uh, and and it, it was just an absolutely wonderful read. I'll make sure to share those. It's interesting what you just talked about with Da Vinci. The popular term for that in corporate America nowadays is having a growth mindset. Yes. Um, so it's amazing how things loop around. Um, as we come to the end of our time together, do you have a final thought that you'd like to share with our audience? Uh, I, I am thankful for this opportunity to share in this this very rich platform uh, that you have been led uh, to establish. Um, my my hope is that every person who listens to this uh, will recognize that there is an obligation that comes uh, as a cost for the air that we breathe, uh, and for those. Uh, of us who happen to be men uh, who are entering this stage of life, there is a seriousness with which we ought be ushered into uh, this season of, of, of life. And for me, I have been guided by, uh, I've attempted to be guided by uh, the, 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 the scripture in Ecclesiastes that says that there is a time and a season uh, for everything. And I emphasize the a there, there is a time. That word time, as you well know, speaks of uh, a clear point of delineation, a point at which a thing is to begin. That's right. The word season speaks to duration. And so there is a length of time that that thing that was supposed to start is supposed to continue for. And I believe that it is so important that we understand and, and are sensitive to the voice of God because there are things, the corporate minister, that was a time that you were to do that. And it is for a season. Mm -hmm. And understanding those principles uh, are, in my opinion, uh, so very critical, particularly as we move into this fourth season, if you will, of life. Reverend, I want to thank you so much. Thank you for accepting my invitation. Thank you for connecting with me. And most importantly, thank you for sharing with our audience. It's been a blessing to connect with you. And I believe that the audience will be blessed by your presence today. Thanks so much. Thank you very much. I do appreciate sincerely the opportunity to share and the sharing. All right now, take care. You too. Thanks for joining us at The Corporate Minister. We appreciate your spending time with us and we would love to hear from you. If you have show ideas, prayer concerns, or if you are blessed by what you heard today, please drop us a note at thecorporateminister at gmail.com. Again, that's thecorporateminister at gmail.com.
We look forward to hearing from you and we'll see you next time.